on this series called Breaking Through. And we are going to start on January 1st with a 30 days of breakthrough. Has anyone ever participated in that before with the church? Raise your hand. It is an incredible time where we come together and we're setting aside 30 days. We're going to pray. Uh, we're going to fast. We're going to contend for one another. And if you'd be, like to be part of that group where what, what happens is we come together as a group. Now, you can pray and you can fast and you can seek the Lord on your own all month long, and you should. It's a great way to start the year. But one of the things that we do with our 30 Days of Breakthrough is we connect with the body of Christ, and we pray for one another, and we carry each other's burdens. I believe that's scriptural, that we are to carry one another's burdens. And so you'll show up our rally night where we're going to have a worship night on December 29th, Friday night, uh, over at home base, and uh, you can come worship with us. And then you're going to get some instructions on how we walk through the process. You'll get a list of prayer requests. And we're going to begin to, we're going to pray for each other all month long. And so what you need to do is register for that. If you want to be a part of the, the 30 Days of Breakthrough group, you're going to go on our church app, Abundant Life Ording. You can download it if you don't have it. Or our website, alccording.com. And you can register for our Breakthrough Month. And when you do that, you'll sign up and then you, it'll ask you uh, on the form, what, what do you want to contend for for breakthrough? So start thinking about what is it that you want to be contending for as you step into this year, into this new year. And then we're going to rally around one another and pray. Now, just so you know, whatever you write down, unless it's super personal, we'll check with you and say, are you sure you want this written down? But we're going to share that with the closed group. This isn't going to be published online. It's not going to be thrown out on social media with the closed group, your prayer request. So uh, you can be as specific or as vague as you'd like, but we want to contend with you. We believe that the body of Christ is better when we're together. Amen. So sign up for Breakthrough. That's coming up. So I want to hear, I want to see uh, Teresa and Michaela. Are you guys here? Come on up. So Teresa and Michaela just went on a not mission trip to Papua New Guinea. Um, that was what we told you they were going. And then other things happened. Uh, and so they went other places. So come, come on up and uh, tell us what in the world happened and give us some of the stories and the fruit of what God did on your trip. First of all, I want to say is be careful when you tell God that here I am, use me, wherever you need me. Yeah, well, we, our plans were to go to Papua New Guinea, serve on a medical clinic, and teach in a nursing school. Unfortunately, that wasn't God's plan. <laughs> we ended up spending three days in the Papua New Guinea airport. And... Uh, so I'm texting my people saying, pray we get out, pray we get out, pray we get out. And my daughter says, Mom, God's switching you for, for your safety and find him where you are. So we did. <laughs> I've never before sang in an airport. Never before walked up to strangers and say, can I pray for you? Prayed for one I saw a grandma with a little cerebral palsy kid, and, and the kid was way bigger than she should have been hauling around, and I just, God just says, go pray for them, and I'm like, okay. <sighs> Wasn't anything else to do, because we weren't standing in line, we were standing in a crowd. Um, so I walked up and asked if I could pray, and she says, yes, yes. So I'm just trying to lay my hands on this child somewhere where it's not going to irritate him, and I'm praying for him, and pretty soon I realize he's licking my hand. And I'm thinking, is he trying to bite me or is he kissing me? Not quite sure. But anyway, I got done and, and then I just looked at him. I said, God says he sees you and he knows you. And she starts crying. 
So did I. Um, <laughs> and let's see, what else did we do? Oh, we, we listened to people's stories. We found out that we weren't the only ones sitting in this airport. There were some translators that had been there for seven days trying to get out. Um, and, but while we were in Papua New Guinea, we got to go to a mission. I don't know, it's like a mission house or something where missionaries came and, and kind of like in transit while they were there and got to meet a bunch of people and pray for them. And we ran into someone who actually had just been in Spokane. Who'd have thought it, right? And got to just minister, just having good times with them. But there was a plan. Our leader, Keith, he goes, I'm a four square emissary for the entire South Pacific, which means that he knows every missionary in the South Pacific. So he goes, so we could go to, I don't know, Palau and some other names I've never heard of before. And he goes, Fiji. We're like, yeah, we kind of think Fiji would be a good place to go. So he calls them. He calls the pastor who's over that whole island. And he goes, I've been waiting for you to call. We wanted you to minister at a women's conference. But we kind of knew you were in Papua New Guinea, so we weren't going to ask. So you can come minister at a women's conference on Monday. And, of course, we don't realize they mean us. <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. Talk about stretching, yeah? Um, so we, we went there, and we met some amazing people. And I'll let her tell you some stuff. But the one thing I wanted to tell you that was the very last day we got to know this female pastor who has a very tiny church. And she's been living on this piece of property for, well, since she was little. used to belong to her, her aunt, who had sold it to this investor. And for since 2006, he'd been gone. He'd been deported out of the country. And she's, her and her congregation have been praying that that property becomes theirs. Now there's a house right next to it that had a practicing witchcraft. And so they were constantly barraging the church with all of their curses. And so they had prayed for it since 2006 that could we please get the property, Lord? But I have no money. That was her thing. She goes, but I have no money. So you kind of think, huh, how's that going to work? The last day we're going to get ready to go to the airport. And she says, I think I'm going with you. <laughs> I don't have room in my bag, just saying. Um, <laughs> but so she went with, so she, she said, so that what had happened is that guy who'd been deported in 2006 and she'd not heard a single thing since 2006, 17 years. And he called her that day and he said, I want to sign this property over to the church. But you have to meet me in Nandy. And so she packed her bags and we went there and they signed it over to the Foursquare Church and kicked out the people that were in those houses. Now I want to share the vision she has for the place because I kind of caught that vision. She wants the houses to be for orphan, I mean orphans, widows and single parents, single moms that have kids that have no place to live. So she sees it as a, as a place of ministry. I took that as an encouragement for us, that 17 years later, God gave her that property. So here. Wow, what a crazy trip. I think our ongoing joke was we're on the plane again, we're on the car again, we're in something in a line again, some kind of ongoing joke. But this was just a really cool trip. It's not the typical mission trip where you go somewhere, you do something, you build something, then you come back with like salvation report or wow, you know, this building report. 
this really was a relational trip and a learn how to build community trip. Just going around in the car, talking to the pastors, going to different houses and praying for the people, learning the different cultures. I mean, holy smokes. We definitely wear the wrong shoes because <laughs> every house we had to go into, we had to take our shoes off, kind of dust it off, and then we entered in the house. And it was just amazing to show up to this women conference during kind of what we would call a storm, which was crazy. And they're like, okay, well, we're still going to drive you there. We're like, are you sure? Okay. And so what was really cool is that in Fiji, there's two different cultures there. There's like a Hindu culture, and then there's a Fijian culture. And so at this women conference, the pastor that we stayed at wanted to really combine the two and get the women together in kind of a unity. And so what was really cool for us to go and speak, and they're like, we're like, what do you want us to talk about? Because there's, of course, many things we could talk about. And I'm just kind of like, okay. But I do realize, too, that they have a new definition of loud <laughs> at their services. And it was crazy. And so... Um, when we got there, it was cool just to interact with the people, and then it was our turn. And I guess for me, it was cool to speak, because I have, this is just not in my wheelhouse, but the Lord was just, all right, you're going to do this. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? Because there's just so many things to talk about. And the, the highlight that the pastor was trying to do there was really encourage the young woman in the church. I'm like, okay, well, there's so many things you could talk about. Well, it's a cool thing that our church has been going through, like, a mentorship program here. So I'm like, ding, that's what I'll talk about. And so it was really cool to really encourage the woman there to find somebody in your community, to get together with them, find them, and just hang out with them, learn their stories. And there's just been, this has just been such a great trip overall. Oh, and then... Um, God just knows my heart for just different people and um, just the way that I've just been born. And so some of you don't know, I've been, I learned ASL like way long ago and somehow I go on these trips and I find somebody. During this woman conference, Teresa comes over to me and says, Michaela, and I'm like, what? And she's like, I found somebody for you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, there's a lady over there in this sari that is deaf. And I'm like, okay, so what do you want me to do? And so... And then our other leader's like, Michaela. And I'm like, what? And she's like, there's a lady over here that's deaf. You need to talk to her. You need to communicate with her. And I'm like, okay. And so I went over there slowly, trying not to barbary her. And I'm like, hi. And so we got to be able to talk and communicate. But that's not the only time that this happened. This happened two more times. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I surrender. I'll learn the language again. And so I got some ASL to learn. <laughs> So, but that was a great trip. And Michaela can preach. Awesome. How awesome to just be obedient to the Lord and, and go where he sends you. What an adventure. Wow, what an adventure. Well, I want to introduce you to a good friend of mine. Come on up here, my friend. Aaron is, uh, Aaron is from the long town far away, Tacoma, Washington. Um, no longer lives there, um, but we've known each other for a very long time, and, uh, and just he's been such an encouragement to our church, and I'll let him tell you a little bit more about 
where he's serving and what he's doing because it's constantly changing and growing. So um, I just would, I don't want to pray over him and then we'll welcome him. Lord, we just thank you for Aaron and just pray, Lord God, that you would uh, just put the words on his mouth right now that you want us to hear that you have for this church, Lord. Just thank you for his ministry. Bless him, Lord, and I pray that you would cover him uh, in all that he does in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Aaron is a missionary. We've supported Abundant Life for a very long time, and I'm so grateful that he's here with us today. So Amen. can we give him a warm welcome? Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? We're doing good? Amen. It's so good to be here with you this morning. And um, I flew in yesterday. Um, I was over in Colombia and Panama, and I flew in, and uh, got off the plane and all of a sudden I got this cold. I'm like, oh, come on. No, no. So I texted pastor. I'm like, I got a cold. I don't know what the post-COVID protocol is, but I'm okay to go. It's not COVID. I promise. I hope it's not. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. It is so good to be here with you. We've been in relationship for a long time. I see lots of new faces, but I also see lots of people that I recognize from all these years um, that have been part of this family. And I say we have been part of this family. I have some great memories. I remember preaching in the tent. How many of you know the tent? You know, it comes out every every so often. And uh, I remember preaching there. And it was this church that gave sacrificially in such a way that allowed us to move to Chile to do a church plant. It was this church that actually sent us, that actually collected enough money for us to go. And so this church has always had a special place in my heart and for my family as well. Um, My family would love to be here right now. Um, In fact, I think there's a picture. If you can pop up a picture of my family there real quick. There is my family. When we came here the first time, it was just Ezra, one child. And then we moved to Chile, and Alicia was born, and Alicia has been here with us. And the, the next time we came, um, Emma, the one with the yellow pants, she was born, and I think she was the last one to be here with you. And then we moved to Colombia. God blessed us with a number four. And that was a surprise. That was not planned, and it was what? I can't believe it, but praise God for his life, and my family is such an amazing blessing. They are incredible people, and they are right now in Panama as we speak, and hopefully we've been doing some immigration stuff for Colombia, and hopefully we'll all be back in Colombia in the next couple of weeks, and my wife really, really wants to be here with us today, and so she says hi. So can you guys just say hi to her real quick? All right, I'll let her know you guys said hi. And God has been doing some amazing things. Two years ago, I was asked to take on a role as a global associate director for the Americas region. And it sounds like a really fancy title, global associate director. It just means I get to work really hard. (laughs) And I get to serve in the Americas region, Central and South America, Caribbean, Mexico, Canada, and oversee all of our missions efforts that we have going on there. And it's been a phenomenal couple of years. It's been absolutely amazing just to see how God has worked, how God has been moving, and how, what God is doing in the different regions um, that I serve, and just to see the opportunities that are there, that are present. I know this church is a missions-minded church. I know it because I've been part of this church family. 
And we have some amazing opportunities. I'm just going to take a few seconds here and just do a little bit of a recruiting. <laughs> How many of you guys like beaches? <laughs> How many of you guys would like to go to Barbados? Yeah, yeah. I just have had a request come in for Barbados, and they need someone who's an artist to go down and paint a wall. Um, with the figure of Jesus and, and some other things that she has a vision of. So if you're an artist who want to go to Barbados for a few weeks, come talk to me afterwards. Also, if you want to go to Barbados and like administration, um, have a request there as well for someone who's younger, who is willing to go down there and serve as administrative assistant for like a year or so um, and help out the National Foursquare Church that's there. So if you're administrative in nature and you want to looking for an opportunity to serve, Come talk to me as well. Um, I'm always amazed at the Caribbean. We have 19 islands that we don't have a four-square church on. And I'm always amazed at how come we can't get people to the Caribbean islands. I mean, come on. Aruba? Come on, guys. Jeez. Bahamas? Come on. It's calling. So if God has called you to go do a church plan or serve, come talk to me. I will find a good place for you. God loves you, and I have many plans for your life. But one of the greatest things I get to do is I get to work with the next generation, and I've been focused in on the next generation as well in the midst of being a global associate director. And God has increased our ministry in regards to the next gen. And let me tell you, God is doing something all across the world in our Foursquare family as it relates to the next generation. And God's given us some major opportunities to be able to impact lives all over the globe. And so I just want to quickly, I want to share with you something from the Word of God, but I just want you to quickly watch this video that's on there. And just so you guys get an update in what God, how God has been using us. When I say us, it's you too, because you guys have been supporting us and you guys have made this possible for us to go all over the world, essentially, and impacting lives and leaders. Go ahead and place it on there if you can.
All right. Just to give an idea of how God is using us across the globe, and we are excited. We want to ask you to continue praying for us as God continues to expand this next year. Um, starting January 1st, actually, I'm traveling over to Thailand uh, to do some training with leaders there in Thailand as well for next gen. So it's going to be an incredible year coming up. I'm looking at my calendar already for 2024. I'm going, oh Lord, have mercy on my soul. What did I do? Why did I say yes? But God's going to give us the strength to do it. So we just want to appreciate, we want to say thank you, church, for all that you've done and for, for being part of what God is doing. Um, this is something that we've done together with you. Amen? Open up the Word of God, if you will, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. And just for the next few moments, I want to share something with you from the Word of God, in which I feel is the text in which I have been given to share with you this morning. Ephesians, chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 13. Are you there? And it says in the word of God, and now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The spirit, of, the spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we could praise, that we would praise and glorify him. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope He has given to those He called, His holy people, who are His rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Father, I pray in the next few moments that you would open our hearts and minds, that you would help us to receive from your word today, O oh Lord, that you would transform our way of thinking and that we would truly know that which you have for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, and the people of God say, amen. amen, amen. I wish I had a long time to talk to you about this text, because this text in Ephesians is a very powerful text. We find Paul writing to the church of Ephesus, and the church of Ephesus were following Christ. They were faithful followers of the Lord. In fact, Paul makes a special note affirming affirming their faith in Christ 
and the fact that they believed. Furthermore, he acknowledged that they have been given the promised Holy Spirit, they have been purchased by God, and they have an inheritance. How many of you know you've been purchased by God? He has given us the promise of his Holy Spirit. If you've received him, if you believe, you have been given the Holy Spirit as a guarantee for promises of God that are coming. I love this particular letter, and I want to talk to you specifically about three things. I can go into great detail about this text, but this morning, for the time constraints that we have, there's three words I want to focus in on, because in this prayer that Paul does in the book of Ephesians, it's a very intimate prayer. It's a very, it's a very passionate prayer that Paul is speaking out upon the Ephesus church. And I believe as I was praying for the word that I was supposed to bring to you today, I felt that this was the word that God had for you. I have entitled this message that you might know, that you may know, that you may know. Tell the person next to you that you may know. As we walk into 2024... The events that have happened throughout this world over the last couple of years have been absolutely interesting. <laughs> we'll say interesting, amen? amen? And how you know things are about ready to get a little more interesting? It's going to get interesting, y'all. It's just getting started. This is what I call the birthing pains. This is what I call, my wife had C-sections. All four kids were C-sections. So we never got to experience the birthing pains. We never got, I never got to experience her screaming and yelling. I never got in trouble during that time, praise God. It was a planned date. We knew when the baby was coming and everything. But I do have friends that wives went through labor and it's very painful. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You guys, you don't know what I'm talking about. Amen. Praise the Lord. But we're living in interesting times. And I think there's a couple things that God wants us to know moving forward as we step into this new season, as we step into this new era. The first thing Paul says in this text, in this prayer, he says, um, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Paul says, I want, you to, I want to pray for you so that you will grow in your knowledge of God. I'm going to pray for you that you will have spiritual insight so that you will have wisdom so you can grow in your knowledge of God. As we move forward, it's going to be extremely important for you to know who God is. Tell the person next to you, you've got to know who God is. Okay, okay. I'm not talking about knowing of God. I'm talking about knowing God. There is a difference. I can know of someone. Oh, I can know someone. There is a difference between knowing of and knowing the person. And Paul says, I want you to get beyond just having head knowledge of the person and the glory of God. And I want you to get into a place where you have deep, intimate knowledge of who God 
is. And as you grow in your knowledge of who God is, the more you begin to recognize and realize how much we really need God. See, when we don't know who God is, we don't realize how much we need him because we don't realize how good and how strong and how mighty God is. And we think we can do things on our own. But when we get to know who God truly is, it helps us to realize we need God. And not only that, it helps us put our trust in the Lord because we know he is a strong tower. We know he's always with us. He know, we know he's sovereign. And so we can trust in him. Paul starts out this text saying, I want you to grow in your knowledge of who God is. But then he goes on, and these are the three words I want us to focus in on today in the next three hours that we have. You guys think I'm joking? <laughs> Shoot. Listen to what it says. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he's called his people who is rich in glorious inheritance. Three words. That moving forward you need to know. Paul wanted the church of Ephesus to know these three words. And I believe today God wants you to realize these three words. The first word in this text that I want to focus in, and in on is called. You have been called by God. If you're sitting here today, you've been called by God. Tell the person next to you, you've been called by God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been called by God. We have been called by God. You have been called by God. I've been called by God. The person behind you has been called by God. We have been called by God. And Paul's saying, I want you to remember the fact that you have been called. You see, Paul, in this prayer, he starts with the past. He starts with the foundation of everything and the fact that we have been called by God. You are not here by accident. You are not here by chance. You have been called by God. He has called you by name. It says in the word of God that he's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You've been called by God. It says in the word of God that you are his masterpiece. In Spanish, we would say, obra maestra. Doesn't that just sound more spiritual? <laughs> His masterpiece, obra maestra. It just sounds a little more spiritual. You've been called his masterpiece. And he's placed in you good things to do. He's called you to do good things. You've been called by God. He chose you. He called you. That's such an important thing to realize and understand. I remember when I was in high school, I went through a season where I was going through, I call it identity crisis. Because I'm black. You know, all black people got to play basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm the whitest black guy you have ever met. I couldn't play basketball. And they do the lineup. How many of y'all remember the lineup? You know, they choose teams. They go, you, you, you. 
and they'd be calling people, and I'm sitting there going, yo, me, 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 me. And I was always the last one. And they would be like, well, Aaron, you're, you're left over. Come on over here. <laughs> that doesn't make you feel really all that good, does it? It's kind of like, well, you're, you're, that's all that's there. Go for it. I mean, you know, well. But God looked at all creation, and he called you. Despite all of your weaknesses, despite all your failures, he's called you. As we go into this next year, I want you to remember you have been called by God. You have been called to have a new life in Christ. You have been called to know, love, and obey Christ. You have been called to be in relationship with Him. And you've been called to be in relationship with His church family, the church. We have been called. He's called you to be part of this church family. Tell the person next to you right now, you've been called. You see, that talks about the past. That's the past. You've been called. But then Paul talks about this hope. This future hope that we have. Someone say with me, the past. And someone say with me, the future. Paul in this text starts out with the past, letting us know that we have been called by God. And then he fasts forward to the future. And he says, I want you to realize, listen to what he says. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. We have been called We've been, God has said, you are my inheritance. He is our inheritance and we are his inheritance. Do you know how special that makes me feel? To know God says, Aaron, you are my inheritance. I sacrificed my only son for you so I can have you as my inheritance. We have a hope. We know and understand that he's already won the victory. We have hope. And that changes how we go through life because we know we've already won. It's kind of like, you know, let's just say, for example, the Seahawks do a good job this year. Let's just say. I have no idea how they're doing this year. But let's just say they get to the Super Bowl. But you're not able to watch the Super Bowl because you're on the airplane. You try to turn off all the, all the different things because you want to watch the game, but someone tells you, man, what an exciting game. The Seahawks won. All right. So now you know what happened. 
But you will most likely go and watch a rewind, uh, um, um, watch a recording of the game. And although you know that the Seahawks won already, you're going to watch the game and you're going to be excited about all the different things that happened. Although you know what the final result is going to be, it doesn't take away from the joy of watching the game. We know the final game. We have won the victory. And we have hope as we navigate the storms of life. We can walk with hope because we know something is coming for us. We know that one day we will sit down with God and worship him all day long. One day we will walk and be in his presence. We understand that we have a hope in him. It says in the book of Revelations, are you following me? Yeah. Revelation chapter 22 verses 3 through 4 says, No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and the Lamb will be there, and the servants will worship Him, and they will see His face, and His name will be written on their foreheads, and there will be no night, there no need for lamps or sun, or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. That is the hope that we have. Tell the person next to you, that's the hope that we have. A time will come, church, when we're transformed into the likeness of Christ and there will be no sickness or sadness. Praise God, there won't be any COVID left over there. Hallelujah. That's the hope that we have. And as you walk into this new year, church, Keep that hope in front of you. Don't ever lose sight of that hope. We know that we are victorious. But we still have to go through life. Yesterday on the airplane, I decided to watch something. <laughs> this will show you how busy I am. I watched the Hunger Games for their very first time on the airplane. <laughs> I had not before. I thought it was something new. And I found out it came out in 2012. I'm like, wow. <laughs> wow. I guess there's a new one out in the movies. I'm like, oh. I'm sitting there watching it on the airplane. I'm tired. I'm getting sick. Someone dies and I start crying on the airplane. The lady next to me is looking at me going, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> but King Snow, I think he said something. He said, hope is stronger than fear. And I said, oh, that will preach a message right there. Ooh, I'm sure when Hunger Games came out, every pastor was talking and doing messages on Hunger Games and taking quotes from there. But he said that, and I said, ooh, that's good, because if you have hope, it will defeat fear. There's going to be things that happen in the days to come that's going to shake us, but never lose hope, because we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And we know what the end game is. We have all 
ready one. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But then Paul goes on to say this. Say with me the call. Say with me hope. The past. We need some more coffee up in here, y'all. The past. The future. What comes next? The present. Yeah, when I was learning Spanish, I had to learn about the past and the future and the present. Paul says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for, for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. We understand that we've been called. That is our past. We're here today because we've been called. And we understand that we have a hope because he's called us to something. And we understand that we're already, that we're victorious in Christ. We know what the end game is going to look like. That is our hope. But then Paul says, I want you to understand that today in the present, God has given you power for today. The past, the future, and then Paul goes to the present. You have everything you need, church. Abundant life force where you have everything you need to navigate the times in which we are living in because the power of God is present and it is in you today. The power of God is real. Come on, someone say with me, the power of God is real. The power of God is real. He has given us power so we can navigate the times and walk successfully in the present times in which we're living. I pray for you this year as 2024 comes, that you would always remember that you are called by God. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. I don't care how you came into this world. You are here today because God has called you. I want you to remember there is a hope. You've already won because he's won the victory. And you have everything you need today to navigate the things of this world and to walk successfully. It doesn't mean everything is going to be perfect. I can't stand here today and preach the gospel saying, hey, if you love God, everything is going to be perfect. No, it's not going to be. You're going to be locked up in the airport for three or four days in Papua New Guinea sometimes. <laughs> He's going to do things. He's going to allow you to go through things because he wants to shape you inform you. He wants to navigate. He wants to guide and direct your steps, but you will have everything you need for life because the power of God is present in you today. And it's not just any power. It says this specifically. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. If I had time, I can get into some of the Greek. <laughs> I studied Greek in university. I don't know what I was thinking. 
Bible, we can get into the three different words that Paul uses here for power. But the power of God that's available for us today is a mighty power that's not just sitting there. It's a power that's moving inside of us, kind of like a bulldozer. You know those bulldozers, you look at it, you go, wow, my son loves Blippi, Blippi, and, and, and he looks at these big bulldozers, and he's like, wow, big, 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 and just looks big. But something happens when you start it up, and it sounds big. But then when you put it into gear and it starts moving and it begins knocking things over, then you go, wow, this thing is truly powerful. The power of God is not for you just to look at. The power of God is for you to use. And it's inside of each of us that are his children. You've been called. We have a hope and you have power. I pray for you today, church, that you remember this as we go into this next season of life. I'm going to invite the worship team up. I have to stop. I want you to stand up to your feet, please, if you would. Stand up to your feet. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know what things you've been going through. Thank you. I don't know what questions and doubts and fears you've been handling inside. But I flew all the way here from Colombia to let you know that you've been called, that you have hope, and that you have power for today. Just close your eyes, just close your eyes all over this place, please. Some of you here today may be going through some really, a really rough patch. Things are happening in and around you. You feel like all your strength is gone. Maybe been going through some things and it feels like all hope is gone. Maybe fear or doubt has crept into your life and is killing that hope that you have. God wants, you to, God wants to remind you that there is hope. You're going to get through this. Even when you feel like you can't, God says, my power is working in you. Because in your weakness, you're made strong. In your weakness, he is making you strong. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I lift up every man, woman, and child in this place. Lord, you know the things that they're going through. You know the challenges that they're going through in life, in their family, in their marriage, in their household. 
financially. You know the fears that they have. Holy Spirit of God, I pray right now that you would speak to them in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, those who look forward and they can always see darkness, I pray, God, that you would illuminate their hearts to such a way that they would see light at the end of the tunnel and that they would always know that you are there with them. I pray, for Father God, for that person who feels tired, who feels defeated, who's ready to give up. Lord, I pray right now that your wonderful working power would just begin to operate in them and that they would know that they are not alone, that the battle is yours. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray, God, right now that you would just renew, that you would refresh, that you would encourage those right now who need to be encouraged in your name. Amen and amen.